Warning, the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Clan Imperial Guard, Radio Link Net, or their sponsors. This show is intended for a mature audience only. Parental discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! You're listening to the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard in the Emperor's Court, powered by the Clan Imperial Guard Online Gaming Radio Network. Yeah, baby, that's the way I like it. All this energy calling me, back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude, it's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids, we're going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Right, folks, Cleveland, in fact, does rock, and this is the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio, this evening. Thanks for tuning in to the Emperor's Court, the online gaming radio internet talk show, such as it is. Anyways, folks, uh, my apologies last week for last Sunday uh, not being able to uh, be here to uh, discuss some things with you. I had a family engagement uh, that I had to attend, and there was obviously no way I could get back in time to uh, take care of it. So, here we are this evening on, what is it, June the 4th now? That's right. And what special event happened on June 4th? All you history buffs out there? Ooh, the Battle of Midway, June 4th, 1942. See? I'm all about learning things. Don't say you ever walk away from the Emperor's Court without, you know, being better than when you came in. At any rate, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on, Targus? A lot of stuff this evening. We have a lot to get to. Only an hour to do it, so let's get started. On my menu today, in my infinite brilliance... I have discovered and thought of a way to fix this Raider versus Nine Raider gear issue. Uh, so we'll get a look over that. Actually, it's a very good plan. Two, a lot of people have been asking about this since we've been running this. Here we go. Ashbringer, this legendary sword that everybody's been uh, following the storyline of, following the quest chain, trying to find it. Blizzard has said the, game, the sword is not in the game. Well, one of our intrepid clan members, Sinvicta, has actually come across a series of 12 wave files that seem to be Ashbringer itself talking. Now, he went sifting through the uh, patch that came in here uh, during the, uh, the public test realm. And in sifting through it, he came across these 12 wave files. Now, I will tell you this. As far as I'm aware, these are authentic, these are the real things. Now, I know this has been discussed uh, on occasion between some people. majority of us don't know what it is. So, I mean, well, have, don't know these, you know, wave files exist. And I guess some of them are going to be Kel'Thuzud talking, some are Ashbringer talking. I will play them, and I'll also give the translation provided by Sinvicta as best we can, because some of them seem kind of garbled. I assume that they'll be better when they go ahead and play uh, in the game itself. So that is very interesting. And a lot of you have been asking since you saw it on the website at onesyoureborn.com. Speaking of the website, I want to give a great shout-out to our sponsors at theharborbluegroup.com and blizzlink.com. Ashbringer, yeah, thank you, thank you, DJ. For all your e-commerce needs, check it out at theharborbluegroup.com. 
They're the ones that supply the Client Field Guard Online Gaming Radio Network's broadcast network, and we're glad to have them, and we appreciate all they do for us. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, also, we have another show on the horizon. It's still in development, but this one's a go. It's going to be happening soon. And it's going to have quite a bit of uh, professional backing to it. At least it's it, that's what we're planning on. A couple of people are asking what Ashbringer is. We'll get to all that a little later on, too. So it looks like another World of Warcraft heavy type show. But then again, that's the only thing going. Rise and Fall, the 12th of June, eight days away. Ladies and gentlemen, mark it on your calendar. For all you RTS buffs out there, new Rome Total War freaks, this is a game for you. If you've not played the demo, make sure you play the demo, pick up the game. June 12th. This month, eight days away, it's coming. Well, a couple things. Uh, Dalen has a question, uh, or is it Targus? I can't tell which one he is. One he is wants to explain, wants me to explain the mage kite versus the hunter kiting of the general in Upper Black Rock Spire. Um, okay, I, being that I play a mage, a frost mage, I have been cutting the general quite a bit in our Upper Black Rock Spire uh, runs. It's Dalen under. Targus is... Okay, at any rate, um, I'll go ahead and explain a little later, too, if you want it. He and Meaty need it. All right, well, I guess we'll go ahead and start with that one first. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who, who do not know... Yeah, Targus is dead. No one will miss him. The general got a, a bit of a buff in Upper Black Rock Spire in the last patch, when the quote-unquote casual patch went in. Uh, he was given a buff. He was made a little more difficult, and the strategy has changed a bit. Now, you have two different distinct possibilities, at least the ones that we have found that work the best, and that's cutting the general out of the room. When you come in the room, at the last room in the Upper Black Rock Spire, you come across the general, which is a dragon. looks very much like Razor Gore, for those of you who don't Blackwing Lair. He has two guards. Now, the problem with the general is he, conf he spits flames and conflagrates, which basically burns you for about mm, 2,000 damage, makes you nuts so you can't move, so unless you can ice block or otherwise get rid of it, you're pretty much stuck. So, here's how we do it. The hunter... <laughs> I didn't say fag. Did I? Anyways, the traditional one has always been the hunter uh, is the one that pulls the general. Basically, the hunter gets away, fires a distracting shot at it to try and gain aggro, puts on uh, aspects of the cheetah, and then runs his ass out of the room. Of course, the general follows. Now, the idea for the hunter is to pull him all the way into the room where the beast is, where you fight the beast, can flag, whatever. And you pull him back into that hole, or as far back as you can go, as far as you can get the general to follow you. While you're doing that, your raid buddies pair off, If especially you have two good tank warriors. You split them off, and you kill one of the guards and then the other. If you do it well, and you do it fast enough, by the time that happens... The general has already lost his... his uh, he's either killed the hunter, or he's lost interest in it, and he's coming back into the room. So if you have the guards killed, you're in good shape. Chances are you're probably going to kill the general. If you don't, and you're still fighting the guards when he comes back, you're screwed. Lately, we've been going with a mage kite. Now what this is, being a frost mage, I run up, hit him with a frostbolt, which actually does, in fact, work on the general. Once I hit him with a frostbolt, I turn around and I blink towards the room, and I run my ass out of there. Now, me personally, since I don't have Aspect of the Cheetah, I use either a Sprint Potion or my Stopwatch, which I have the Trinket. I click on one of those things, and I run my ass into the Beast Room. This guy is going to follow me. I turn around and start pelting him with level 1 Frostbolts, basically just trying to slow him down. This buys a lot of time, something that the Hunters can't do. So I just keep pelting him with Frostbolt. By this time, your Blink should have already... Uh, uh, the cooldown should have already taken place. Turn around, blink again, make sure that you do not get touched by him. If he touches you, you're fucked. If he hits you with conflagrate, hit it on, if you're, especially if you're a frost mage, 
hit ice block, it removes it, freezes you, he's going to lose all, he's going to shed your aggro for him. He's going to turn around and start running back. If your blink is cooldown, cool. Blink into him, hit him with another spell. You just have to get a significant damage. A fire blast, a frost nova, something instant to get his attention. If you don't do it fast enough, he will cross the bridge and go back into the room and your raid's in deep shit. Now me personally, on uh, pretty much every pull that I've done, I've, able to, I've been able to drag him into the hole uh, where the beast starts off at, in the adjacent room. And that's an awful long way. So almost nine times out of ten, by the time the general is done with me, and I ice block, he turns around and goes back, they're waiting for him already. Gives people a chance to banish, gives people a chance to get their mana back, what have you. So that's the mage uh, cutting of the general that I have done for Upper Black Rock Spire. It's worked very well, it's been very successful, we do it all the damn time. Yes, that's nice. You're playing IRC ping pong. The show is going on, and the people in our IRC channel are doing ping pong. If you would like to get in on the conversation, you can join us in IRC tonight at irc.solidirc.com. We're in channel 1G. Or if you'd like to hit us up at, at uh, AOL's Instant Messenger, you can hit us up at EMP, the number 1, and the letter G, EMP1G. Either of those cases, uh, you can get in contact with me this evening. I discussed right before the show went on the air, I do have a new microphone and a new system set up again. We're on our third system and my fourth microphone. Some technical difficulties here and there. We're doing our best to work them out. Uh, I do like the microphone. The problem is, for whatever reason, on occasion, it has a bit of a static issue. Don't know why that is. But uh, it seems to be going just fine now. So if any time during the show you start to hear something weird, something that shouldn't be happening, voices in your head that should not be there other than mine... Feel free to let me know in IRC, on AIM, or bust me off an email to emperor1g at coxcox.net. Alrighty. Now, let's get down to business. We'll be talking about the Ashbringer in uh, the second half hour. <laughs> oh, here we go. People saying, oh, you're only doing that to try and drag it out to make people listen. Well, if you're saying that, you'd be correct. <laughs> you're, you're damn right. That's exactly why we're doing it. So you are going to have to listen in. You're going to have to hear the whole show until we get to that part. And you know what? The conversation we're about to have may spill over to that, so you never know when I may play during the second hour. So don't think you can log out now and come back and expect to hear all 12 of these things. All right? Okay, here is my suggestion. Now, the big thing, and we've covered this on the show I don't know how many times, time innumerable. And this is the casual versus the raider's mindset that continues to rage even to this day on the forums, in-game, on clan sites, you name it. it. Without exception, it's everywhere. Now, recently, actually, last night, uh, we took our clan in for our very first solo run of Zoguru. We have never done it. Now, uh, several of us have gone through it numerous times with either, you know, uh, friends from other guilds or on other servers screwing around or what have you, okay? So it's not completely new to some of us, but mostly it's new to most of us. And it was interesting. It was different. Some of the strategies, it, it helped that a lot of our guys already know what the strategies are for different bosses. At the same time, it's still taking a bit of uh, adjustment for us so that people understand the strategy, understand where they're coming from. And i got to tell you, Ventrilo is such an advantage. Being able to talk to your, uh, your comrades rather than having to type it out. You can set things up a lot faster. You can adjust a lot faster. Anyways, our run went very well. We downed the first three bosses, which was cool. Um, we bounced on, those, on the Blood Lord. But, you know, it was two hours late, or two hours after into the evening. It was getting kind of late, so we said, screw it, and we'll probably go back and do it tomorrow night. The point being, 
Now, yeah, the blood drinkers. We figured out the blood drinkers. You know, it's not good for melee-ers. I'm not on Instant Messenger. Thank you for pointing that out, Sinvicta. I had to reboot the system, and I forgot I'm not on AM. Okay, I should be now. So if you want to hit me up on Instant Messenger, A-I-M, you can hit me up at EMP1G on Instant Messenger. There you go. <clears throat> now, back to my great monologue. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, Screed makes a good point. It says, if you get a raid leader who knows what he's doing, you could probably do a pickup group for ZG. And I have seen them done. And you're right. It's just a matter of getting everybody to, to buy into a system to listen to one or two people. And I think that's what we did over, every, from my personal experiences running with other guilds. And whose names I'm not going to mention. It's irrelevant. But almost always you have people talking over people. You have people gabbing, you know, interfering with what's going on, throwing off your concentration. That didn't happen last night. You know, and he didn't even have to say anything. It just... Everybody bought into the system. Everybody knew what was expected of them. Everybody shut up when we were, you know, calling out this target or that target or what have you. Explaining a strategy. Hmm. What does this have to do with casual versus raiding? Uh, not a whole damn lot, other than I think we've taken our first step from a veritable casual clan into a raiding clan. Open your mind and shut your mouth. Yeah. That is, that is where we're taking the stand. We're we're taking it slow, step by step, building up the molten core, building up the blackwing layer, which a lot of us have our experience. And I think a lot of guilds and clans have gone this route, or at least are trying to. The problem is that it's taking forever to get there. You have to get the players, you have to train them up, you have to get them geared, and then assuming they haven't left you for another level 60 clan already doing molten core. All right. Then you have to get them all together, get everybody logged on at once at night, and then go. Even last night, we had we only need 20 people. We still had three or four people who had to go for one reason or another. Halfway through the raid, you know, people weren't able to make it on time or showed up late. And luckily, we have enough players we could just you know fill in and go. But in one clan that I've been working with on Molten Core and Blackwing Lair never had that. Our clan roster is currently at 123 members. I believe probably about 91 accounts. Give or take. Entry will want to know how many people are in my clan. That's on World of Warcraft. That's just World of Warcraft. And gear has always been the biggest issue. And we've had this discussion last night. In fact, it was a, a raucous discussion. It was great. And the argument was, well, which characters should we gear up, or should everybody have a shot at items when they drop? And it got me to thinking, the entire purpose of gearing up people is so you can do the next instance. So then you can do the next instance. So then you can do the next instance. Now, for us, we just want to get good enough gear so that we're on a par with other PvP Alliance guilds. On our server, there are three or four, and they are Tier 2 equipped. These guys are playing AB three times a night, and then the other four nights, they're raiding Molten Core, Blackwing Lair, and they're doing Anchorage. And they are geared to the hilt, and they're very difficult to kill. Teamwork... You know, that being put aside, because at least on my server of MacTheridan, there are no organized horde guilds for PvP. None. Not a one. Not for Rathi Basin, not for Warsong Gulch. So our entire goal is to do the instances, to get the gear, it's to turn around and then do the player versus player. And this is the biggest bitch that casuals have. How the hell can you expect a casual player who only wants to play maybe two hours a night, one hour a night, all right, in order to get you know, to get gear to compete with the people who are playing 30 and 40 hours a week. It's almost a job for them. Well, here's my solution. 
and I, I believe this was brought up years or about a year ago during this discussion. I think it was mentioned briefly, and they had the idea right, but the implementation wrong. Here's what I suggest. Make all Tier 1 and Tier 2 items. Anything that drops in a raid instance, bind and equip. Now hang on. Hang on before you all crap yourself. There's oh, nothing wrong with that. Here's, here's a suggestion I have. In order to do... The reason why, to, to make everything bind and equip in Molten Core, Blackwing Layer, and Anchorage, anything Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, making them bind and equip is the same logic behind them, because I, I recently read where they were complaining, saying that the only way to get these new polymorph spells, the one that turns something into a turtle or a sheep or a cow or what have you, you can only get these spells in one of the new raid dungeons. We're talking 40-man raids. And people are saying, well, this is bullshit. You can't do that. Why, why are you doing that? That screws, you know, 97% of the population. And, you know, the response from, I think it was Yannick, said uh, one of the uh, community managers explained, well, they're buying on equip, so you'll be able to buy them in the auction house for an ungodly amount of money. His argument was, is it'll still be accessible to casual players, you'll just have to pay gold for it. Fine. If that is your logic behind that, and you're going to put them in raid dungeons, then and you do the same thing with, like, level 6 uh, rend and the new uh, mage spells, you can get, like, I think it's like rank 12 fireball or rank 13 frostbolt or something along those lines. Okay? If you can do that, and you can make that kind of logic, and you buy into it, because that's the bullshit you're feeding us, then why not make everything buy and equip? That is how you make it even. Give everybody the opportunity to spend money to buy the items they need. If I can't raid with a 40-man guild three nights a week to get my Arcanist set, fine. Make all of it buy and equip so I can make up, you know, chew away at money turn around and buy it from the auction house for 1,000 gold or 1,200 gold, piece by piece, when I need to. Most of the guilds on my server, on the Horde side, I know, because I've asked them, are disenchanting almost everything that gets dropped from Molten Core, and at least in two cases, disenchanting at least half of what drops in Blackwing Lair. They're just disenchanting them and... putting out the putting out the piece. And the Entrail says, Asian gold farmers will own that idea. No, they won't. Because you need to get 40 Asian gold farmers together, or, or 40 gold farmers together. Put them into a raid, get them to work together, and clear instances. That's just not going to happen. Or Blackwing Lair, for the, which takes even more coordination. I, You know what? There may be a guild out there who is able to do it. And you know what? And they may be able to sell gold. But you know what? Blizzard has already made it quite clear that they don't give a damn that anybody's selling gold. You know, they give us a lot of lip service and a very faint, you know, ability or, or to try and get rid of or curb the gold selling. They don't care. Hell, I think they get a, you want the honest opinion, I think they get a kickback from some of it, from at least some of the websites, the bigger ones. I have no doubt in my mind that's exactly what's happening. All right? But if that's the, ob if that's the object, then let us buy the stuff in the auction house. Let these different guilds put up the Arcanist set or the Dragon Soccer set or what have you, and let us buy them. They could. Oh, he's saying the gold farmers will use the gold to buy the items and then sell them back. You know what, and that's fine, but let the market set the price. It's as simple as that. The gold farmers will still will have to grind twice as much and twice as hard to get the gold to buy the item to turn out and then try and sell it back. Right, it's a buy low, sell high screen. You've got the idea. But this gives everybody the opportunity to get the same gear... And it's real simple. Well, you're, a couple of you are going to say, well, wait a minute, then. What's the point of raiding? Well, 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what the point of raiding is. It's real simple. If you raid to get the item, you don't have to pay for it. You get to equip your character that much you know, more. It's probably easier and takes less time to raid with your 40 people in a group, if you can, to get the tier item that you need rather than paying 1,000 gold or 1,200 gold for it. That is the advantage of raiding. Otherwise, spend your time you know, farming the money, sell items, you know, do your wares, and buy the pieces that you want. Maybe you don't want the full set. Maybe you only want the rope. Or maybe you only want the, the mantle. Or maybe you only want the helmet. Or something along those lines. Then you buy the piece you want. Wouldn't that take care of it? Would all right, two one brace yourself for twelve hundred gold on screen server. He says on the auction house, and that's fine. Now, what if you could buy the robe? All right, or maybe you could buy the boots. My point is, this would take care of the casual versus rating in, a, in one fell swoop. People would still bitch saying, "Well, I've got to grind a thousand gold," but at least it would be offered to you. At least you have access to it as a casual or semi-casual player. And if you don't like it, then fine. In this case, because that would answer your, your gripe, then get yourself a raid guild. Go out there and get it yourself for free. Rather than these other guilds having to disenchant this shit and make Nexus Crystals out of it, which I'm sure they've got dozens and hundreds of at this point, and they still can if they want, they can sell that stuff in the auction house. I think it's a very legitimate idea, and I'm surprised that no one else has explored this. Z Money is saying the fact of the matter is they would force the farmers to use the items they get to where they can clear the uh, clear Blackwing Lair. Unless they're willing to shell out half of their reserve of gold that they're selling to people to turn around and buy the items and then turn around and sell them to jack up the price. Well, you know what? You can do that. But I know guilds that are clearing a molten core Blackwing Lair and they do it in a night. So every week there'd be new stuff on the auction house. Hell, there are half pug groups going up. Requiem on our server gets 12 Requiem members and then 20 people from of different uh, classes they need get in their role, clear, and then they're out and running. Hang on, folks. I'm, I'm getting a brief uh, uh, news flash here. I don't know if I'm going to go on the air with this thing. Well, Divine Justice, I know that Bind of Equip is a stupid idea, and it was... An, it, all right, here we go. Okay, now, this is what I was afraid of. Everything, here we go. Everything's going to devolve into this. Bind and Pickup stops things like uh, like bankrolling players. People call them twinks, I call them mules, call them whatever the hell you want. Tiroth and Divine Justice and a couple of the other guys are starting to run at this, saying, well, what the hell is the point? Bind and Pickup, you know, stops people from getting, you know, uber-level 20s and 30s and running Warts on Gulch. You're always going to have that, until unless you're willing to get rid of, you know, PvP battlegrounds for the lower levels. You're always going to have that. Guildies should not be able to share. Economics hurt. No, economics. Look, you let the market set the price. Yeah, you could have a level twenty. How many of us would would reroll a character, a level and level him to sixty, and actually play him if we didn't have to go run all the level five instances again, all the level forty dungeons again to get all the items to regear him? As it is, I bankroll my level forty seven hunter, and he's been in the forties for about a year. All right, I'm getting an update from uh, our main developer here at the HarborLoopGroup.com that apparently the RadioLinkNet.com uh, server is actually almost ready to go. It's uh, in its final stages. Finally, 
uh, problem is one of the people that I actually I had brought on, and this is on me, had brought in to actually f do some things for the site and finish it up. Didn't work out, so that was my apology. That's why it hasn't come out yet. So it looks like we may have the site actually very soon. It actually looks pretty kick-ass. I like it. And this goes hand-in-hand -hand with us announcing uh, that we're going to be doing a new show. I don't have the name for it, and we're kind of getting sidetracked, but that's fine. But we're working on possibly a new show uh, with uh, done by some uh, a professional, actually, with some professional backing to it, uh, such as like sound recording. But, uh, again, that's still in uh, still in development, so but let's get back to the discussion. Sorry. Being sidetracked by a couple different things happening uh, left and right, left and right. All right, Sinvicta says, the game is one year of casual winding away from vendor NPCs selling epic tier 1, 2, 3 sets. Well, here's my argument, you know, Sinvicta and everybody else. Answer me this. If something is not done within, by the time the expansion hits, what the hell is going to keep players from, uh, casual players from playing the game when the expansion hits? Okay, I get an extra 10 levels and two extra 5-man five uh, dungeons. whoop the frickin' do I go, I get my 10 levels in what? A month? month and a half? And then what? I can't go in the battlegrounds because I can't compete with the tier 3 faggots that are in there. I can't go outside in world PvP because there is none. Yeah, don't hand me that crap that, that Tiggle or, or Kaplan or somebody else said that they're going to, oh, it's Jeff Kaplan, is going to go ahead and revolutionize the way the PvP system is so that's more skill-based and less gear-based. I'll believe it when I see it. And as soon as they do, then they screw everybody over who's been spending all this time getting the gear to play it that way. The expansion has nothing new. It's just more of the same bullshit we already got. So if something doesn't change by the time of flying mounts, look, all it means is that your mounts will be able to hover over the ground. You're not going to be able to fly over trees. It's just, it's not going to be like TIE Fighter, like it's some kind of flight sim. It doesn't work that way. MMO should not be played by casual players. Name one casual-friendly uh, MMO and not Ultima. Why? Ultima Online was the ultimate casual-friendly game. You could level up. You could level up the skills of your character in a week using a macro program that did it for you overnight, and it was allowed. Don't tell me not Ultima. Ultima Online was the first, and it was casual-friendly. Everybody had a chance to compete. Yes, there was some gear that that tipped the balance between skills, but damn it, everybody had the same chance to get everything. Okay, since Ultima, has there been a casual-friendly MMO? No, there hasn't. And they all fall by the wayside and die. Galaxies would like it before they nerfed it, it says Screed. And that's, you know what, and if you talk to people who were Ultima Online players, they will all lament to you and say that Ultima Online was the greatest MMO ever. Even today, still is. So if you don't like that, with these tier three sets coming out next Ramus, and there's going to be a level forty po or a forty man, even perhaps a seventy man raid dungeon coming in with the expansion with a tier four. What's the alternative? What what alternative do I have as a player? All right, I graduate from college in two months. I'll have both my degrees in hand, both my bachelors. I'm going to be entering the real workforce and getting away from the job all the way like mine. It pays all the bills and then a little extra. But I'm going to be getting a different job. One that probably works me 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And then I've got the kid and I've got the wife. I'm going to be getting married within the next six months. Uh, yeah, six months. 
So what's going to happen to the people like me, which is the majority of your player base, something very similar, who has to complete with tier, compete with Tier 3 or Tier 4 players? The people who are in college, or more, more correctly, flunking out of college, or the high school kids, or the people who have no wife, no kid, and you know come home after the job and do nothing but that. What, why do I want to pay 15 bucks a month to try to compete against that when I can't? That's my point. Opinion says maybe they should uh, be able to create a character in a level 1, 10, 20, 30, and uh, maybe based on the server, and they can work on the, uh, the economics of that. You know what, but, and I'm still a, I'm a believer of this. Capitalism works even in a, a virtual world. Let the market set the price. If people are trying to sell a tier 1 item on the auction house for three grand and nobody's buying it, what happens? Within a week or two, they start to lower the price, down to 2500 down to 2000 And you get an equilibrium price. Equilibrium price is how much somebody is is willing to pay for that price. All right? Then they can't bitch and complain because, you know what? That option is there. They now have access to gear they wouldn't ordinarily have. And don't tell me that putting more raid dungeons into the game is the answer because that's not going to work. I guarantee team 95% of the population of this game, of 6 million people, will never see next Ramus. Will probably only see part of Anchorage because you can't just do Molten Core and then jump right to Anchorage. You can't just go from, you know, Sulgurubor or Anchorage 20 and jump right to next Ramus. It doesn't work like that. You've got to have the Tier 1 to get to the Tier 2. You have to have the Tier 2 to get to the Tier 3. It has taken them over a, almost a year to upgrade the PvP sets to match what the Tier 1 and Tier 2 have. And even then, it's a far cry, at least for a lot of the different classes. Lennon actually came in to tell me no. Okay, so here's my question to you listeners, all right? Here's my question to you listeners. Because a lot, I mean, the IRC right now is, is in an uproar, and it's a, a debate going back and forth. I'll get to that in a minute, Santino. <laughs> here's my question. If you don't like the idea of making the, the tier sets bind on equip to sell them, what is your alternative? Sinvicta says, make the tier sets faction rewards for casuals and still available to raiders immediately. You could. The problem is, how would I get a faction with Molten Core as a casual if I can't get into Molten Core? I'm all for that. If they want to make it a faction reward, as much as I hate that, all right, we're at 9.30. I know we're skipping through the break. We're just going to roll with this, folks. We've got a lot to get through. We only got half an hour. Folks, if you want to get in on the conversation, you can join us at irc.solidirc.com. We're in channel 1G. Or you can hit me up on AOL's Instant Messenger at EMP, the number 1, the letter G. Well, nice to see you too, Lennon. You're a fucking liar. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, the debate in the IRC is actually degrading into who's fatter which I think is irrelevant because they're pretty much all fat. Blackrock Faction Quest or something. I'm not a pro... Oh, I understand. You know what? And it's, it's Invicta. I, I don't believe for a second that it would be hard to implement yet another faction. Lord knows that they have a, a faction reputation. Lord knows they have enough experience doing that. And I would be fine with that too if they want... Again, it's the same argument. If you're a raider and you don't want to pay for the items, then you go in there and you do it right away and you get it for free. If you don't want to go through the reputation grind, that's fine. You get 40 players, you go into a raid, you get it for free. If you've got the time to put it in, excellent. A lot of us don't. I'm just saying that's a perfect example. 
Baron Von Gosu, ladies and gentlemen. A ghetto favorite. Okay, what's the movie from? What movie? You can't... Oh, you're terrible. Police Academy. Yeah, that's what I... Th what? Shut... See, look at that. Well, I'm glad you actually have a question about Otakon. We sent in our tickets today. 50 bucks for registration. Yes, we do. Yeah, excellent. Well, then we've got to get together and figure out the finance and prices. For those of you going out to Otakon this year in Baltimore, that's August 4th through the 6th. Uh, Mystic Man, Baron Von Gosu, myself will all be in attendance, as well as Baron's posse, whoever that includes, probably the autistic kid down the street, and the gay guy who lives next door. Schizophrenics in the house. I see. So uh, people are starting to come in. Right, there we go. Channel 1G, yes. That's a pound sign with a 1 and a G. Uh, what? I don't... He drives a Volkswagen, which is kind of funny to watch a fat man try to get into a Volkswagen. For one, I'm not fat. For two, I drive a Ford, yeah, which isn't any better than a... Fat like which... I'm the one who's fat? Go look in the mirror there, Tubba Wubba. Tubba Wubba, I don't know. I'm under 200 now. This is for you. I drive a Ford that somebody was driving at the time and got hit by a deer while parked. Oh, Baron, would you hear... I didn't get... I've been hit... I know the deer hit me. Yours is two giant dents right over the handles of both the driver's side and the passenger side. The rear view, the mirror on the left side, the rear view mirror is gone, and now the damn engine or the little motor that puts the window open down is gone. You see, Baron's other name is Bitch Tits, because that's what he has. All right, we've seen to have been. We demand some Baron voice imitations. I, I'm Baron! Ah, there you go, there's an imitation. Oh, I, I didn't act strong enough. <laughs> Alright, Zimani wants to know, why did they allow binomic quips for Tier 1 belts and bracers? Because you're gay. I, that's a good question. That's I don't know. Harbinger is in the house. He's the uh, web guru for the Radio Link site and network. Baron has left the studio. Thank God. I smelled Killian's on his breath. He's testing out the uh, IRC uh, on Radio Link's new site. Anyways, uh, they should change the instance over a year old to uh, change it by an equips. You know what, Z-Money, that's fine, too. Uh, uh, what about a degree... Okay, you know what, let's incorporate, incorporate this. This is a good idea. What if there was a time lag? For instance, Blizzard is now updating the PvP sets after over a year to upgrade them to, to be more on a par for the amount of time and effort you have to put into them. What if they, after a year, after six months, after enough raiding guilds have gone in and geared their characters and moved on to the next raid instance, what if they degraded it? That tier once is like, say Molten Core has been out for a year and a half. What if they downgraded it to make it like maybe a 20-man instance or maybe all, make all the items in there buying and equipped so that you could sell them in the auction house? Everybody could get them just at a delayed time, so they could get, they could still continue to upgrade themselves. They'd still be behind the curve, but at least they're getting to see equipment and gear that they ordinarily would never see. Because right now, Blizzard's heading down the path where they don't give a damn for anything else. It's all going to be raid, 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 raid. All right. Yes, I know we're blowing right through the break here. I... Okay, one last question here on this subject. What are my degrees in? 
Uh, okay, I don't, Santino, I don't understand what that has anything to do with the discussion, but just in case you were wondering, I'm going to have a bachelor's in history, and I will have a bachelor's in social studies, which includes psychology, sociology, economics, um, anthropology, and political science. So there you have it. All right, moving on to the Ashbringer. All right, for those of you who do not know, I'll try and give the breakdown. For the last six months or so, people all over the game have been going rabid, mainly the role players and the raid fags, but have been going apeshit over this stupid sword that does not exist in the game yet. Apparently, there have been drops and hints, and people have been trying to find the quest chain in order to get a sword called the Ashbringer. The Ashbringer is supposedly the sword of the Scarlet Crusade. It was supposed to go to the big badass who runs the Scarlet Crusade. Somewhere along the lines, that didn't happen, and the sword got lost. I don't know the exact story. I couldn't tell you. However, enough people have been posting in saying, well, there's this story, and there's this piece, and they're trying to follow the quest chain to try and get it in there. Get away from me, Insomnio. Math for the lose. That's what I'm doing now over the summer. I hate math. So people have been trying to find this, and they've gone... One guy even did a really, really good Photoshop of the Ashbringer saying he he had followed the quest chain, spent a couple grand, but he actually completed it and gotten the damn sword. Well, as it turns out, he didn't actually do it because Blizzard has not implemented the sword into the game. They said they wanted to put a legendary caster item in first, which they're doing with Naxxramas. Whatever. At any rate. Recently, Sinvicta of our clan went uh, piecing through the, I think it's an MQL file, or whatever it is, whatever the giant-ass file is that they send to you with uh, stuff in it for future patches, things that are done but won't be activated until a later time. While digging, he he came across 12 different uh, sound effects, 12 different wave files, each one between 10 and 20 seconds long. And apparently it's Kel'Thuzud, which is one of the, I think it's the Lich King, and Ashbringer, the two-handed sword itself, actually talking. And it's giving bits and pieces of the story of the sword, how it came to be, where you know, where it's coming from, and what its purpose was. I see that people in IRC are really listening and paying attention to me, but then again, there is no the Lich King. Alright, whoever the hell is in next Ramus, the boss man, or Kelvizud, or whatever the hell his name is, apparently he's the one doing the talking. Now, I have the translations here. I'm going to play all 12 for you. Now, again, as far as we know, these are real. These will be in the game at a later time. Now, Blizzard, I guess, has never actually commented on this officially to say yay or nay or, you know, other than... Because uh, apparently a couple people in the forums had found these as well and made mention of them months ago. No one said boo about it, and apparently the majority of us had never heard of it. That being the case, here they are. Okay, he's a lich. He's not the lich king, but the guy says Arthas. Yeah, right. Alright. So he is, I am right, he is a lich, but he's a light lich. I never played the Warcraft 3 solo game. You know what, it's a shame, because Warcraft 2 was great. I played Warcraft 3 for the friggin' multiplayer. Alright, so he is a lich, but he's not the lich king. He's like the lieutenant or something. Alright, now that we're all on the same page... Let's continue. Alright, so I got the translations in front of me, because I guess some of them actually are kind of garbled. Uh, we're going to do our best to play him over the air here, um, and I'll just read them off to you so you can actually understand what the hell is being said. Okay, this is clip number one. I was 
right, so that's the first one. All right, now apparently what he's saying in this one is, I was pure once. And again, this is the Lich talking. And, uh, and again, this was, he's referring to the Ashbringer sword. This is the beginning of, of the discussion. That being the case, all right, this is number two, when he says, I, f I fought for righteousness. Wow. Scary, isn't it? It's like a scary movie. All right, third one. This is where it really gets good. It says, I was called Ashbringer. Yes, I know there's a couple there... Just listen. I was called Ashbringer. Alright, now here's the where everybody starts getting nuts. Basically what this is, is this is implying that the sword manifests itself into the Lich. That at some time at some point Ashbringer actually is Kalthazud. Okay? It probably is the same voice actor from Warcraft 3. Mm. I don't know, Lennon ever bothered to play Warcraft 3 solo. Jagass. That is wrong. That was the guy in charge of what? what? Shut up, Robo. <laughs> yeah, I know he was in charge of the Scholar Crusade. Alright, I'm sorry. Tiroth is, is correcting me on my lore. God forbid. The guy was in charge of the Scholar Crusade before his son was called Ashbringer. Before his son, his son was called the Ashbringer. Okay, whatever. And apparently the name of the sword is Ashbringer. Yes, it is. It was also called Ashbringer. Okay, great. So they name we named the dog Indiana. Alright, and his his son killed him with it. Okay. So the Scar Crusade commander had a son named Ashbringer, who had a sword also named Ashbringer. Real original. And then killed his father. So that is where this all comes to. Uh, you know what? Shut up. Tear off your fat. Now, all right, next one. Level. F uh, here's number four. Let me cue it up here on the... Uh, I've got so many windows running here. Okay, this is number four. Okay, we get it. He's pissed because the Scarlet Crusade turned on him. Dun, dun, dun. All right, number five. Okay, and this one he says, clearly he says, destroyed by Kalthazad. Alright, goes on to number six, where he says, made to serve. Like a Burger King-like commercial. later. Yeah, so again, he says, destroyed by Kalthazad, so uh, again, this is uh, the story bit by bit. So we're finding out more of the story, I think, than was probably originally intended. I mean, they probably didn't want us to know prior to the expansion, but I, I didn't know it was going to give the whole damn story. Alright, next up, we've got clip number seven. Uh, so 
but I think I just wet myself. Uh, primarily because I couldn't get to the bathroom in time because the show was going away. At any rate, uh, in that one he says, uh, made uh, my son watch me die. Nice kid. Lesson here is, don't ever have offspring. All right, next one up. All right, this is clip number eight. Right? He said, the crusade fed his rage. Like a fat man at a sushi diner. All right, next up. Number nine. You know, this guy takes forever to say, like, small things. All right, it said the truth is unknown to him on that one. All right, three more clips, and again, it's starting to get good from a lore standpoint. All right, number ten. What? Yeah, well, uh, you'd have to download the show later and listen. All right, number ten. Come on, tell me this doesn't remind you of that Voldemort from, like, the first Harry Potter movie. Tell me it isn't. All right, number 11. That's exactly what it sounds like, just like that. All right, nobody can hear the Baron, but he's actually doing a very good impression of that. All right, number... Okay, number 11. Nazar's crusade corrupted my son. Alright, so now we know how Ashburn got corrupted. Alright, last one that we begin the discussion. And that was pretty much self-explanatory. Killed them all. Truly, he is uber pissed. That's right. Anyways, so there you go. Killed them all. Who's them? I don't know. So apparently the Scarlet Crusade isn't pure any longer. It's been corrupted. We know, obviously. Anybody who's gone in and fought on the Scarlet uh, or on the living side of uh, Stratholme knows that the uh, Crusade commander turns into Belzanazar, who I want to think dropped the, dropped the Book of the Dead for me last week. That was cool. Yeah, Belzanazar is the guy from. Uh... No, 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 no. He's the guy. He's the guy living on Stratholme living side. Anyway, so that is, that's how this whole thing starts, and that's going to continue the Ashbringer storyline. So there you have it. My personal opinion is I don't think they're going to have Ashbringer actually in the game itself until after the expansion comes out. I believe it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be in next Ramus. I think you're going to have to go somewhere else to find it. I know there is no Ashbringer quest yet. It, uh, thank you, Tiroth. 
I don't think that the, it started either. I don't think they even put the quest chain in there. All I think that they've done is actually, and I'm surprised, I think that this has actually been turned into more than what it should be by the players themselves. I think this is a self-feeding fire as far as it goes. People think, oh, it's it's you know it's an epic quest that you can do and get yourself a legendary item. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go and... That's how it all got started. People thought that you can get a legendary item without actually having to do a raid dungeon. That isn't the case. Yes, that was Kel'Thuzad speaking. That was Kel'Thuzad speaking. Apparently, he is the original or was a crusade commander who got betrayed by his son, and then his son got killed, and whatever. I know I'm butchering the lore, folks, and I know, like a son, I don't care, because I don't. When the whole story is actually put in place, then I'll go ahead and, and pay attention to it. You need a pole dance for Thrall. That's great. Because Thrall gives a shit about the Scarlet Crusade. Now, here's what I find interesting. This is what I like. Well, this is what potentially I could like. And I know it's a bit of an offshoot, but we're going to discuss it anyways real quick. Now, coming in with the next Ramus patch in, in 111, I think it's 111. Yeah, 111 is uh, another world event, which is called the Scourge Invasion. Now, apparently, what's supposed to take place, this is going to be what the Elemental Invasion should have been in several different places around the world, uh, primarily, obviously, in any area that's, that's been touched by the Forsaken. The Forsaken and the Scourge, where are they going to link up? That there's going to be invasions in Ajara, the Blasted Lands, the Burning Steps, Eastern Plaguelands, Tenerist, and Winterspring. Why there isn't going to be an invasion in the Western Plague Lands, I don't know. But apparently in all six of these high-level areas, you're going to have invasions by the Scourge. You're going to have you know, people attacking different cities. You're going to have uh, stuff coming under attack. I mean, I, under siege, you're going to have to lift siege. Uh, Argent Dawn is getting a whole upgrade of, uh, of new items. And there's going to be new runes you can get with the Argent Dawn Commission. So, folks, and unfortunately, there isn't enough in here. There's not enough information given. I would prefer to know more about this, the what it's coming in at, uh, for the Scourge Invasion. But what it, basically, it's going to be at any time, there's going to be random attacks on places. And this is something that we've been saying for over a year as far as a world effect goes. You don't have to have a Game Master sitting at the controls of a boss to attack a major city to have an event. All you have to do is have it so that it's a random spawn at each individual server. doesn't matter when. You don't have to have anybody running it. Just have, you know, 300 orcs appear in front of Stormwind to go ahead and, and attack the city. Or, you know, 500 night elves or outrunners on mounts. Uh, NPCs spawn up, like, little, anywhere, from, anywhere from, like, level 40 to 60, and they attack Agrimar. You know, you don't have to have anything behind it as far as human control. Just make it and let it go. I think this is a step in the right direction. We're going to get to that. Right. <laughs> I see that actually makes... Uh, that makes sense to us, because of where I'm at Theridon, but... Tear off. Oddly enough, some small child in the mail... I'm oh, sorry, in the mall mistook me for a, a lady today. I find that very easy to believe. <laughs> that's that's Invicta's uh, exiting, thing from, exiting comment from uh, IRC. Uh, very good. <laughs> so that's the entire hype behind the Ashbringer, is people just want to know the story behind it, and I think, again, I, I think it's a self-feeding frenzy. People want to be the first one to follow the storyline to find some kind of answer to, uh, to a riddle, is basically what it comes down to. 
Folks, I don't understand what you're getting so hyped up over the Ashbringer storyline. And there's a couple of you in here tonight and commenting to me on the side who are really wrapped up in this. Look, they just gave us interdimensional starships landing in Azeroth and, and spitting out a race of people that all of us are like shaking our heads saying, what the hell? They don't care about the lore. You think this is going to make any, any sense? Of course not. Look, don't get your hopes and hearts behind any kind of storytelling from Blizzard. All right? That has gone by the wayside. They don't care anymore. They had, next to Final Fantasy, I think, the best storylines going for their games up until now. I think because they actually cared prior to now. It's not an interdimensional starship. It's a castle that goes through different... Look, I don't give a damn what you call it, all right? It's still a spaceship. That is how they mention it. That is how they talk about it. I just want to know when they're going to release the Protoss expansion, so I know. Give myself a Dragoon hero and get going. I just don't want people to, to start, you know, build this up and build this up and build this up, and then when it comes out, you know, the entire story of the sword, and you find out maybe it's a person, and it's actually a weapon. You can never actually get the weapon. What happens then? What happens if it's a metaphor for something? Then what? Then everyone's going to get deflated and be pissed... I'm just warning you ahead of time. From space, greatest ship of space. Just don't put your, you know, your heart and soul into this. I know there's a lot of you who will do so, especially your role player, role playing people. All right, I, I'm looking at you. You know who you are. You hide in the shadows in the basement. You want to come out and actually admit it, but you know who you are. All right, folks, we got about three minutes left. Actually, oh sweet, we're ahead of time. We're ahead. What? Schizophrenic is giving me this Speed Racer to be made by the Wachowski brothers. Are you kidding me? They're making a live-action Speed Racer movie? That's... That's insane and disgusting at the same time. Alright. Larry and Andy Wachowski, the creators of the Matrix trilogy, may sign on to write and direct Speed Racer for Warner Brothers. Uh... Uh, mm, where to go with that one? Speed Racer live action. You know what? I think I'm going to rank that right up next to uh, World of Warcraft live action under stuff I will watch on HBO 20 minutes after it comes out in the theaters. Yeah, exactly. I'm right next to you, uh, Harb. Kill me, too. Also, a huge shout-out goes out to the uh, uh, Futuristic Sex Robots Thank you guys, everybody, for all your support. They wanted me to thank you guys for them, uh, for voting for their song uh, for the uh, Snakes on a Plane uh, album. They did get within the top 25. They are in the running in consideration to get their song on the soundtrack for uh, Samuel L. Jackson's new movie, Snakes on a Plane. So, again, thanks, everybody, who supported the Futuristic Sex Robots. Uh, they wanted me to thank on their behalf, again, FuturisticSexRobots.com with a Z. Download the album, listen to it, it's great. Pretty much everybody around here is already uh, uh, into it. and Baron has definitely spread the word at uh, Ohio University. In fact, his band has got a MySpace thing. Was it Drunken Decibel or something like that? I think that's on MySpace. His band, Drunken Decibel. I, don't ask me. Read the second paragraph, you'll vomit a little. All right, hang on, i go back to this. Schizophrenic is feeding... What? None of the parties would go on record, so as of now it simply stands as a rumor. It was reported years back that Vince Vaughn was in talks 
to star as Razor X, who is the long-lost and very protective brother of the title character. Vince Vaughn as Racer X. I don't know about vomiting, but I think I died a little. <sighs> Where do you go with that? No, you don't. You just you, you shake your head, and you just kind of acknowledge that Hollywood continues down that you know shit slide into the gutter. <laughs> There's just nothing left. Speed. Friggin' racer. Little part of me just died. Little part of nostalgia just died. I'd rather see a Naruto live action than that. And that's saying something. Alright, folks. It's 10 o'clock. I got shit to do. So do you, folks. Alright, thanks Thanks for tuning in to the Emperor's Court. I don't have my music queued up here. To hell with it. Don't even worry about a producer. Nah, no, don't worry about it. We're not even gonna bother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, running down. You can uh, probably be able to download this tomorrow night on the website at onesyourborn.com. Uh, two, don't forget uh, uh, that RadioLinkNet.com is actually coming up. It's coming uh, along very well. We hope they actually have that out uh, very quickly. Ashbringer Thinger 1. All right, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I'll play that for you screen right before we get out of here. Um, also, I want to thank our in-studio producer, Mr. McMahon, for mixing the music. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Let's be honest, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. I want to thank our sponsors, the HarborBlueGroup.com, for paying all the bills and getting things going. And encourage you to uh, keep checking in at uh, RadioLinkNet.com, as well as our website at OneJuraBorn.com. What the hell? Before I go, I have to get this in. Schizophrenic now telling me, in the latest issue of Esquire magazine, it states that Robin Williams is involved in a Mork and Mindy movie. I will go on record now, and you can all download this later, that if they make a Mork and Mindy movie, I will personally have a one-man riot in friggin' Hollywood. I will fly and have a one-man protest slash riot. I will burn a trash can and kick a bum in Hollywood if they make a Mork and Mindy movie. That is insane. Isn't Robin Williams dead yet? I like to start calling his movies classics because so he's because that means he's dead. <laughs> I will burn a trash can and kick up um. <laughs> I hope when I'm rich and not mean to poor people like I am now. <laughs> All right, folks, you can download this at onecheerborn.com. Uh, also, check the website for more information coming up on that new show. And, of course, don't forget, on every Wednesday, A State of Warcraft, done by Idiotech, the Aussie from Down Under, obviously, for all the latest news, intros, and, of course, a couple of shoutcasted games about the Warcraft 3 scene, Reign of Chaos and the Frozen Throne, at OneJuraBorn.com. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next Sunday. Don't give that nano nano shit to me. I will see you next Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, hang on. I'm getting a request to play a song in the closing, and I think I shall do so because it is great. Unfortunately, now I have to find... Ah, there it is. All right, folks, and I leave you with this bit of knowledge saying bad manners are better than no manners at all. So long, everybody. <laughs> 